Welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. Coming up on this week's show with our friends at Title Law, we will be handing over to you guys a bit later on. We're going to be hearing some opinions from... Uh, we're going to be hearing some opinions from the uh, from the Wednesday fan base as we tick down to the start of the season. Uh, we will obviously talk about the season opener as well, which is uh, fast approaching at uh, Cardiff. First of all, so Saturday, two hours of our lives that we will never get back. <laughs> it wasn't the greatest cup tie in the world. No, it, it wasn't. I suppose what we should um, say from the off, James, is that uh, there are mitigating circumstances uh, to the performance that we saw um, and Wednesday scraping through on penalties. Uh, But it it was effectively their second run out since last season. Um, Clearly, players were never going to be up to speed. Um, So from that point of view, I think we have to cut them some slack, uh, I think, really, for going going forwards. Uh, you know, I didn't agree with Gary Monk not fielding a recognised striker. I do feel that if you're going to get Jordan Rhodes firing ever again, then surely you play Jordan Rhodes from the start against League Two opposition in the Cup. Uh, and also, it just didn't feel balanced to me, one one bit going forwards. They improved when Matt Penny came on, and I'm sure we might talk about him a bit more in detail you know, in, in a little while. But uh, I, I think that to go with two really attacking midfielders up front, it, it didn't work. And it also concerns me what Gary Monk said afterwards about Adam Reach potentially utilising him in that sort of central role going forwards this season. I think we've seen enough now of Adam Reach in that position to learn that I, I don't think that that's really for him. I, I don't think he, um, right now, the Adam Reach that we're seeing at the moment, I don't think he's good enough to play that role. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure you are going to get the best out of him there. Well, I mean, let's let's talk about that because um, so we we've we've talked about Adam Reach loads. Every Wednesday fan will have had conversations about Adam Reach and discussed. We've had this eternal issue with him, Emma, which is where does he fit in? What is his role within this squad? You know, is he best deployed wide on the right, wide on the left? Is he best played as a fullback? Does he is he suited to a wing back role if we're playing? Uh, a, a central defensive three. Um, you know, he, he had a stint playing in the middle, uh, in the centre of midfield. You know, is that where he's best deployed because it gives him the chance to kind of step up and kind of show leadership and, and whatever. I'm not aware of any Wednesday fan that's ever said, well, I think actually he's probably a really good striker. Like that, that of all the positions, there's probably goalkeeper, central defender and striker, a three that no one's ever said, I think that's where Adam Reach is suited and I, do, I just don't understand where this has come from because it's not as if there's been any kind of suggestion he's filled in a couple of times there and we thought oh, actually he's really good when he plays up front like he has played a more central role before I think it was was it Huddersfield last year when he played a central role and it didn't particularly work then every time that he's been deployed in that kind of you know advanced central whether it's a number 10 role whether it's actually trying to play as a striker it's just not really worked so I mean like what what's going on where's this come from I just don't understand it 
Gary Monk said well, there'd been a conversation, they discussed it. It like it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I know where it's come from, and I know why they're doing it at the moment, uh, and why they did it at Walsall, which was simply down and due to the fact that they haven't got a lot of other options. They haven't got many other strikers, but it does almost feel as if he's trying to shoehorn Adam Reach into your team by playing him up front. Um, and you know what you'll get with Adam Reach, which is the work rate, and he, you know, he close defenders down, um, but. The running off the ball and um, that know-how of where to be as a striker, you know, you know, you talk to a lot of people and that's you know, almost instinct. That's That comes naturally to you. Uh, and now what well, Adam Reach is at age 27 and he's not, <laughs> I mean, he has played in virtually every position, hasn't he, in, in his Wednesday career now. Uh, so... <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it, it does worry me um, a little bit. And I, when you know, I think when I was looking at it coming into this season, I'm thinking that if Gary Monk is sticking with 3-5-2, that Adam Reach was going to be tailor-made for left wing-back. But that now seems to have gone out of the window completely, doesn't it? And it's Kadeem Harris and Matt Penny who are going to be fighting out there. And then central midfield, we know how well stocked that is with players. Um, so you're then sort of left by a process of elimination, really, with Adam Reach. You're trying to, yeah, play him up front and then attack. But for me, it's not the right way to go. We know Wednesday are going to bring in other strikers. Elias Kachunga, Josh Windass, they're going to be ahead of him in the pecking order you would have thought for Cardiff. Um, so, as an experiment, I sort of really hope that Wednesday ditch this, but it doesn't sound as if they're going to. Um, and I do find that slightly ominous. But, I mean, James, should we talk about some positives from Walsall? Um, could you find many? Um, so, um, I thought Izzy Brown looked good. Uh, I see huge potential there. He's clearly got a good football brain um, and I think it needs obviously some things to slot into place around him for him to be, for him to be able to thrive. But um, I thought that was really positive. Naturally, I think what everyone's kind of been saying when Matt Penny came on, suddenly we looked like more of a goal threat. In actual fact, we probably should have scored. There were a couple of you know pretty decent chances in a game that was, I mean, it was, it was scraps, wasn't it? it? It was really poor up to the kind of the hour point. It didn't get a lot better after an hour, but at least you know, there were kind of a couple of chances where you would say, oh, actually, you know, that, that was a genuine opportunity. Um, so there, there were a couple of things that, that excited me. Yeah, I agree completely. Matt Penny, for him to come on and win man of the match in half an hour, um, yeah. I think it, it sort of underlines, you say, lack of quality that both sides yes. showed offensively. But then, yeah, you do have to take your hat off still to Matt Penny for coming on. You know, it's quite rare that that happens. Uh, but he did inject some energy and life into it. He could have scored himself. Um, and fearless approach. And that was what we saw from Matt Penny when he burst onto the scene two years ago. Uh, you know, I, I still remember that Aston Villa away match uh, when Steve Bruce was in charge at Villa and one of the best performances under Jos Lukai um, where Wednesday won 2-1 and Matt Penny was, I think, man of the match for me as, as a left wing back. And so that gave me a lot of hope 
um, for the future that uh, you do, we do have to remember is Walsall, it's League Two, um, and there are going to be far stiffer tests to you know for him to overcome and prove that he's the real deal, the real package, and everything. Um, and and this is such a huge year for him. You know, he, he's got his contract until next summer, um, and it's it's a now or never moment. Really, I think, isn't it, for Matt Penny? I think he's got to pull out all the stops to um, show that, A, he deserves a new contract, B, he's good enough to play in the Championship. Um, and I suppose this is where it leads us to, James. Do you start him off the back of that at Cardiff? Should he play as left wing-back? I think all things considered, it would be it'd be really harsh on him not to because I didn't feel like... Um, I mean, I didn't feel like there was anyone on the pitch that did enough to make you think, oh, they've got to be on the uh, on the team sheet on Saturday. And I think that, you know, that, that lack of um, impetus from the majority of the players means that really every position should be up for grabs, really. But, you know, I think Matt Penny coming on and doing what he did, I think, you know, I, I'd, I'd struggle to justify him not starting now. Yeah, I agree having with said that. that. Having said that, I don't think he will. No, I don't. And Kadeem Harris, against his former club, the the greater experience, I suspect Gary Monk will stick with him as a left wing back. And it's actually probably a bigger call what he does on the right hand side. Will he bring Liam Palmer, who's been away on international duty, play for Scotland over the weekend? Will Liam Palmer uh, go at right wing back, or will it be Moses Odebajo? Who I thought Odebajo. He was an outlet last week, and I thought he was a bit unlucky actually to come off. Um, he got caught offside too many times for my liking in the first half, um, but I, it did encourage me at least that um, out of the two wing backs, I thought he got forward more than what Kadeem Harris did actually, uh, and offered more from an attacking perspective for Wednesday. Um, I, I'm going to throw actually another name that I, I was, again, slightly concerned about with his performance. Yes, it's only the second match. And Wednesday, it was almost like a glorified pre-season friendly, wasn't it, James? But I, I, I was disappointed with Julian Berner and his performance on the left-hand side. Um I, You know, I, I gave him a low rating. And I, some people say that's harsh, you know, Again, it's got that pre-season vibe, second match in. But he didn't do a lot right for me, I have to admit. And I'm not convinced now, having seen enough of him in a three-man defence, that he likes playing in a three-man defence and is suited to it. Um, so do you, do you, <laughs> do Wednesday stick with him where he scored again against Cardiff last year and, um, and stick with him on the opening day? Or do you make a change, bring Van Aken in? I don't know. It's, 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 it's dead hard, this, isn't it? Because my my issue with, with Julian Berner and you know what? I mean, he, he did enough at the start of last season to become a bit of a Wednesday legend and, and stuff like that doesn't quickly change, right? And there's a lot of fans that, that really love him. He's very likeable and... You know all all that kind of stuff. My my issue with Julian Berner is if if you kind of did a graph of his Wednesday performances, 
it's been pretty much a constantly, you know, a very slight but constant downward trajectory from the start of his Wednesday career. I think his performances were brilliant at the start of last season, as were Wednesdays generally, you know, a lot better at the start of the season. Um, and then, you know, it started to tail off and he looked genuinely wobbly in games for me at the back end of, of last season. Yeah. And at times looked like... He'd got a critical error in him. You know, you know what I mean by critical error, like a, an error that gives away a goal. Yeah. And and even against Walsall, there were moments where it was like, I I wasn't sure whether he was really in control of a situation or getting away with it by the skin of his teeth. Yeah, and, there, there and was a that, point that's in that a, second that's a half. Worry because yeah, yeah. There, was, uh, there was a point in the second half where he just made a square pass to Tom Lee's when he was. Uh, getting closed down by uh, one of the Walsall forwards. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, he just got away with it. But if you take those risks um, and, and you make dodgy, bad decisions in the championship against, let's face it, better quality players, you get, you'll get punished. Uh, and and I, I do yeah. look at him. And at the moment, in that back three, the Shea Dunkley to come in, we know that. Is he going to be ready for Saturday? I'm not sure. I don't think he will be. Um, so Gary Monk will be looking at it thinking, in terms of personnel, you're either sticking with that or really it's Van Aken, isn't it, um, for Julian Berner. Um, and again, I think it's important that Wednesday they have a left-footed player. If they're going to stay with three-man defence, they need someone to be left-footed. So they're actually lucky that they've got two players there. Um, but it's such a big call that for me. It really is um, what Wednesday do there. I, I, I would suspect that Gary Monk will try to keep changes to a minimum. And I think the team that played at Walsall, really, you're looking at Kachunga and Windass, I think will come in. Um, but will there be many other changes outside of that? I, I don't. I don't think there will be too many. Um, I, I'm yeah. I, I, I'm not sure that that back three will will probably change. Um, you uh, that example you gave of, of of Burner was exactly what I was kind of thinking of. Really, where I think Julian Burner likes to look like he's very cool and collected, and sometimes that can just like he was on the verge of being caught out by Keelan Lavery. You know, it's like if you do that in the championship, you're going to get absolutely destroyed. Um, so th- there's a bit of a worry there. Maybe he's just getting back up to speed. I don't know, but I. I I agree with you. I think that Gary Monk will stick with that back back three as it is. Don't know about Odebagio. You you know that I, I I have very little faith in him. There's just something about him for me that uh, I, I I just feel like he doesn't take very much responsibility. And again on Saturday it was it was always someone's pass that wasn't right, not his run that wasn't right. It was always someone mm-hmm. else's fault. So I don't know. I don't know about um, Odebagio. I think if 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 Liam Palmer's match fit, I'd probably change that. I suppose James, um, one of the players sure of Gary Monk will. I suppose one of the players to talk about um was uh Fizeo Deli Bashiru as well, um on his debut for Wednesday. How did you feel he did? I thought he looked a bit off the pace. Um I th- I thought he looked like he was probably playing his first you know, kind of game at, at any kind of competitive level like that. He, he just didn't quite look like he'd got, he ever really got into that game. There, there were things about him that I liked and I can't really quantify what I mean by that. Just 
there were little moments where I just thought, okay, once this guy gets going, then I think he's probably got something. But I reckon it's probably going to be a bit too soon for him. I think he needs a little bit of work. I think um, it, it's going to, it's just going to take a little bit of time for him to get up to the kind of, you know, I, I, the championship is is quite an unforgiving league, arguably harder at, at times than the Premier League is. Um, so I, I think he needs a bit of moulding and a bit of shaping to kind of, you know, find his place within that within that squad. It's it's just a little bit too soon for him. Yeah, I agree. I think so. He is going to be someone that I think Gary Monk will drip feed um, as the season goes along. He'll have some matches or some spells where he play a few games. There'll be other times where he'll be a squad player. Again, you know what we haven't mentioned, James, is that um, although we weren't overly impressed with what we saw at Walsall, the, the good thing is Wednesday got through uh, and that gives them another match next week. Uh, against Rochdale in the second round. And I do think that's going to be important when you're talking about fringe players and trying to get everybody up to speed as quickly as possible, that there is now an extra match. So the team that starts on Saturday will clearly not be the same team then that plays next Tuesday against Rochdale. Uh, So everyone is going to get opportunities to put their hands up and show Gary Monk uh, and his new look coaching staff what they can do yeah um that's true i mean i don't think we've actually mentioned the fact that wednesday ultimately did win the game up until now we're nearly 20 minutes into the podcast it's the first time that we've mentioned that um but uh yeah i mean some of the penalties were good that yeah. that was a positive they were <laughs> nicely dispatched nicely dispatched izzy brown uh, was right, brilliant cool. nonchalant yeah it was more of that very please. very cool and collective yeah, 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 we like that. We like that, uh, right? So, um, obviously, it's the um, the the proper kind of preseason episode. So, uh, we are going to hand over to some of our listeners to get them thought their thoughts. So, first of all, let's hear from Luke Cooper. I'm really looking forward to the start of this season, uh, given the situation that we're that we're starting in. Is going to be more of a rebuilding season rather than a promotion chasing season. You know, we've we've got rid of a, quite a few players. We've brought some new players in, and I think the fact that we've had a really short preseason and only two friendlies for those players to to gel together, um, it's going to take a little bit of time. So I feel we probably won't get off to the best start. But as the season progresses, we you know we'll we'll come into our come into our own. Um, I think the fans really need to not put too much pressure on the players this season, given the situation that that we're in. I feel we, we do need to make a couple more signings of strikers. I've seen the news that we may be getting new you back, but that's just not enough. Thank you, Luke. So key points there. Uh, Luke, seemingly you know fairly optimistic there, makes this point about, um, first of all, um, fans maybe needing a little bit of patience um, and also strikers. Now, um, I think uh, on that first point, fans need a bit of patience. Completely agree. Never going to happen because this is Sheffield Wednesday. And if there's one thing our fan base doesn't have, it's patience. Uh, but the the other point there about strikers. Now we've 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 touched on this various points over the last couple of weeks, haven't we? About even the players that Wednesday have brought in, there is still something lacking. We know that they're still trying to they're still trying to do something. Key point here, right? Atty knew you, right? We've where this this whole journey where we've been on it even our opinions on this podcast where we've been where it's been like it's time to say goodbye we've got to move on we find ourselves now where there's this genuine possibility of him coming back what are you thinking right now dom i i'm thinking right now 
with the situation Wednesday are in, that uh, I would certainly offer something to Matty Nuyu for the season and look to bring him back. Um, he's not the long-term answer. Um, we know that. But I think as a, a valuable squad player, someone who already knows the ropes at Wednesday, has been, was, has been a good servant to the club. Uh, he's held in high regard by everyone at Wednesday. Um, he, he's popular around the dressing room. He's good with the young players. Uh, he's someone that, I think very importantly, this never gets mentioned, James, about Atty Nui. He never gets injured. He's always there. He will be available for an entire season. Now, th- there's a lot of factors there you've got to remember about Atty Nui in that I'm sure he have other offers on the table. And in all honesty, I think that's that he's probably been playing the market and waiting to see what he gets offered. Um, we know that talks have taken place with uh, him and Sheffield Wednesday since the end of last season. Um, that's not really any great big secret, but the reality is that Wednesday will be looking with Atty Nuyu for it to be on reduced terms. It won't be on the same salary as what he was on last season and has been on you know, during his time at Wednesday. So it then comes down to, will Atty Nuyu accept that? Um, you know, if Wednesday puts something on the table, something concrete and tangible, uh, and you know, so Wednesday show that they want you know, to bring him back, or will he have other options, offers in Europe? To be honest with you, I'm a bit surprised he's not been snapped up by uh, somebody else either abroad or even in the championship, James, really. Um, I, I'm thinking bottom, yep. bottom half, championship clubs as a striking option, free transfer, guy who rarely gets injured. I'm thinking Atty Nuyu isn't, he ticks a lot of boxes, really, doesn't he? Um, so it, it's just actually surprised me that he is still available, but I think there's an element of he's playing the field um, and waiting yep. to see, uh, you know, for as long as possible what comes up. But I, to answer your question, I wouldn't be against Atty Nui returning. We, we've gone back and forth on this podcast so many times, haven't we, about Atty Nui. Yep. That I think ultimately the position Wednesday are in right now, where they need strikers, and I, I would be happy with Atty to come back, but only if that then means Wednesday must still, for me, sign another two forward players at least. So I think I, I'd ideally like to see them sign three forwards before the end of the window, but whether that's going to materialise or not remains to be seen. Yeah, I, I think I'm probably in the same place as you are right now that. I I'm not horrified at the idea. I, I've never really been Atinu's biggest fan. Um I, I don't hate him. Um I don't think he's the answer to our current problem, but he does a role and he does it he does it really well. And um when when you're in a position that we are right now where we don't really have much at all in the way of strikers, then someone that can actually do a job um is better than having no one to do any job at all. So um, if the price is right, then yeah. I mean, I, I kind, I thought the same in terms of the fact I thought he'd have gone somewhere by now, and I interpreted that as maybe you know maybe he really genuinely wants to come back to Wednesday, and he's kind of been waiting to see where whether that goes somewhere. You know, he's been in Sheffield for the best part of a decade now. 
you get the impression he's quite settled here. You know, he kind of, you know, he's very popular around the club. You you, you get told that, you know, he's, he's a good influence in the dressing room, that he's good with younger players. He's very supportive, that, you know, he's not a troublemaker or anything like that, that he's, you know, he's a good egg um, and a, a little bit of a leader off the field. Um, so I, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to be doing a shoes off in the car park protest if, uh, if I knew you does sign a new contract. But like you, it can't. That's not that can't be the answer. That's a small part of a, a, a jigsaw that needs finishing in the next few days. Um, or I mean, it's probably not going to be in the next few days, but over the next couple of weeks that needs um, finishing. In the meantime, Atinuyu, on you know reasonably reduced money, um, probably works all right. Um, all right, cool. Let's hear from. Uh, let's go with Pete Hansen next. Here's Pete. Strangely, I think even with the points deduction, there has been quite a bit to get enthusiastic about at Wednesday over the short and close season, namely the fact that there are some fresh faces in the squad. But there are no excuses now for Gary Monk. He's been allowed to bring in his own backroom team, put his stamp on the squad, and I think he'll find that unless we hit the ground running, even with a minus 12, those that have shown patience so far will quickly turn. Well... So far, uh, a relatively uh, a relatively uh, positive vibe that we've got um, coming. I've got a feeling that's not going to last, but um, certainly from uh, from Pete, he's feeling kind of fairly positive about things. So, um, point there about uh, fans and patience, and um, that there have been plenty of fans that have stuck by Gary Monk. If if the season doesn't start well. It would be very, very easy, wouldn't it, for Wednesday to to be completely cut adrift very quickly, and that is the point where any any club's fan base is going to disintegrate a bit. So it's a fair point, isn't it, that Gary Monk, you know, he's, he's got his own staff in now. He, he's been able to reshape the squad. He's got got rid of the players that he didn't want. Th- those excuses aren't really there anymore. He's under pressure. There's no doubt about it for me, James. That. You look at it and it was his one-year anniversary uh, on Sunday and um, his win ratio of 31%, it's worse than Jos Lukai's. Um, so that kind of says it all, really, that um, we we all know, and it's we've talked about it time and time again, that since Christmas, it, everything has gone very pear-shaped. But now, over the last month or so, he's got his new coaching staff in. He's brought five new players in. And Wednesday, I think, will sign at least another three players, maybe four, um, before the window shuts in in early October. Um, and, yes, it will. I, I do think, you know, we can't look and dwell too much on the table Um as the reality is that Wednesday are going to be stuck in the relegation zone for, you would think, until November um, at the earliest. Um, and that's if they get off to a strong start and everything. But I, I think getting some results and points on the board, results are way more important for me than performances. It's about getting the job done. I am concerned at the tricky start. There's no getting away from it that Cardiff beaten playoff semi-finalists last year, Watford, really strong. You've got about eight or nine forwards at the moment of Watford. They haven't, you know, they sold Decore to Everton, but look at their team. It, you know, it's packed full of guys who've played in the Premier League for years. Bristol City, they look like they're having a real good go at it away from home. Yeah, Wednesday won there the last couple of years, but 
there'd be, I think, a different proposition this time. And then what, in the opening six matches, we've also got, I think, Brentford. To, um, is it Bournemouth, I think, are in there? That is a tough start. Yeah, and, and if Wednesday aren't careful and if Wednesday don't get points on the board nice and early, and I am being doom and gloom, they, there is a danger that they could be cut adrift. Um, uh, and the, the pressure will then really mount on Gary Monk if they don't get some wins on the board in that opening half a dozen matches or so. Yeah, there, there is a genuine danger of of that. And um, I think at the moment, I think what, what Pete said is probably quite representative of what a lot of fans are kind of feeling, which is start of the season, there's always a reason to be optimistic, isn't it? Even when you're starting on minus 12, you can still feel optimistic. We've got some new players. It's a new look squad. He's got his own staff in. It's kind of like there's reasons to kind of feel quite positive. That could evaporate very, very, very rapidly. And then we've still got an entire season to get through with everyone being like down in the dumps. And that's going to be difficult. You know, we talk about the possibility of fans being back at games. If if by the time fans are back at Hillsborough, Wednesday are already effectively relegated. Like that's going to be really really unpleasant and um i, I yeah you, you're right that the, the difficult games we have to find a way of getting points we've got to do that anyway because we need points in difficult games to get out of where we're where we're at um we we can't afford to just say well you know we got we got um bristol city we're not going to get anything from it we, we've got to find ways of getting um results at some of those difficult places um yeah could be an interesting couple of months for the start of this um, start of this season. Uh, right then, uh, next up, Kieran Homeshaw. Here's Kieran. It's criminal that we've done our transfer business so late. We've heard nothing from our chairman as to what our statement of intent is this season. We're just sleepwalking into League One. By the time the transfer window closes and we've brought some loan players in or some more freebies shopping in Poundland, we'll be 20 points adrift and we'll be all but relegated. It's just not good enough. I'm not suggesting that we spend beyond our means, just that we do our business early. We've had plenty of time to plan for all these players we're releasing and we just don't seem to have had a, a thorough plan in place to replace them and, and hit the ground running this season. So I think that's sick here and not feeling as uh, optimistic as uh, as Luke or uh, Pete. So he's very critical of uh, of the way Wednesday have done their business. Now, um, I kind of feel as though I, I, I need to be a little bit defensive of the club here in terms of the fact that these are just dead un, unusual circumstances. So kind of doing business quite late. I think most clubs find themselves in that situation because this is a transfer window kind of oh. unlike any that we've had before um but is shopping in poundland is that a, a fair comment do you think no no well no obviously not but times have changed um we've talked about the impacts the financial impact that coronavirus has had on football and and wednesday have had to change the approach gary monk has talked about that at length um his budget will have been slashed and it, and it won't be just him. He's not going to be the only manager. He's not alone in this. There will be other managers in the championship. And how many clubs are spending big transfer fees right now in, in football, um, especially in the second tier? The, the, the not really. You might get a domino effect now with Watford um, having banked a lot of money for Decore. Um, Watford may spend some of that money now, but they'll probably have to reduce reduce their whopping 
wage bill and, and clubs are having to cut the cloth accordingly and that's that's the reality Wednesday were prepared to pay anywhere in the region of say half a million to a million for Jonathan Lecco when they were in for him a few weeks ago uh, and they've just paid around half a million for Josh Windass so not entirely I think accurate to say that Wednesday haven't got any money or are just completely buying free transfers and loans. But we knew that that was the direction that they were going in. I don't think the club have ever hidden from that. That That's been the message for quite some time, really, that um, this was not going to be an easy transfer window and that the idea that Wednesday were going to spend millions upon millions of pounds, I think, was... Um, Unrealistic, absolutely unrealistic. Yeah. And I have to do, you know, I thank Kieran for the message, yeah, for sending that in, but I have to also disagree with him on the business. You look around the championship at most clubs, and I've made this point before, and I'll stress it again. Wednesday signed five players, that's above average for what, um, now admittedly, Wednesday lost a lot of players and have lost a lot of players in the last few months, so they did need replacing, but. This is, I actually think, when you compare to other transfer windows since the chairman has come in, they've actually moved faster than in a lot of the summer transfer windows that have gone before. So I don't feel that that's actually, I feel that's very harsh criticism on the club, really, that they've brought five players in and they're working on more deals now to try and get them over the line before the window shuts. Um, and, and I think what business they have done so far, I think, is good. I think most people would say that, um, that yeah, if you were rating the transfer window, that Wednesday done out 10, I think people would maybe give them around a seven. Yeah, I think um, in, in Kieran's defence, I think his point is valid in terms of the fact that you know, we we needed to we need to hit the ground running, don't we? At the start of the season, we, we can't afford to have a slow start. You know, we we kind of needed to have the sh- the the squad done, sorted, reshaped by now. Now, the the problem with that is that you are at the mercy of the market, aren't you? Unless you have vast amounts of money to spend, and money is not an object, and you can go out and buy players early in the transfer window, there is a natural sort of process of things that that just has to play out before the players that you want become available, and you can get them for the for the money that you've um, got. It is not an ideal world. It's certainly not an ideal transfer window for any club in football at the moment. It's weird, and you know, we're, I, I don't think we fully understand everything that's kind of going on and why you know some stuff's taking as long as it is. But that's just the way that things that things are. So um, I think you've know, got, got to James, kind of give the club more, a bit of slack there. You have, but but what more you see? Would you have wanted Wednesday to have done in the transfer market up to this point? I would suggest if Wednesday had actually signed a recognised striker, one or yep. two. Maybe instead of some of the players they've already you know, they've signed, I, I think you'd get less people moaning or being, you know, you know uh, yeah, having a go really and being concerned about the situation Wednesday find themselves in. 
Is that, is that probably well, accurate? The, yeah. The, the problem we've got at the moment is that we've we've effectively played two pre-season games and Wednesday have not scored a goal yet. And our fear has been, oh, we've only got one striker. Where are the goals going to come from? We've played two games. Uh, granted, one was against Leicester and it wasn't a, a hugely weakened Leicester side. And But the other was against Walsall. And, and we didn't, we, we never really looked like a huge goal threat. There, there were better chances in the second half, but it didn't look like the floodgates were, were about to open and Walsall, we're just holding Wednesday back or anything like that. So I think it's natural for us to go, we needed to have signed a striker by now. You know, we're talking about going to Cardiff on Saturday, you know, potentially with the idea of Adam Reach being our centre forward again. And it's like, you know, where where are those goals going to come from? So we may well bring in a forward player or two or three before the end of this window, but we might have drawn a blank in, you know, four, five, six games by that point, in which case the season starts to take a real negative feel, doesn't it? Yeah, no, I know and I get that. Um, and I, I share that view of I am questioning where the goals are coming from. We all are. And, and you make a very valid point there of, yeah, is how you look at it. Wednesday have actually kept two clean sheets from the two matches, but then they haven't scored. And also they haven't really tested the goalkeepers very much. They haven't created many clear-cut openings from open play. But... We haven't seen Izzy Brown alongside Barry Bannon in in his natural position for a whole match. And so I feel that will make a big difference. Um, and Shea Dunkley's to come back. That will help as well, I think, defensively, the organisation on the leadership front. And then we haven't seen what Kachunga and what Windass can do as a pairing up front, assuming it's them that Wednesday go with. Uh, for Cardiff. Um, so uh, we we do have to, I think, wait and see a little bit how everything unfolds. Yeah, um, ultimately that is the situation that we're in, isn't it? There's not a lot that we can do. We're, we're not going to sign three strikers before uh, before Saturday. Um, probably not going to sign any strikers before Saturday. So, um, you know, it is, it is what it is, as they say. Uh, right, okay. One more fan to hear from. Uh, and this for, uh, for, for, for podcast listeners, this may be a familiar voice. This is a certain Mr. Lord Hillsborough. Hello there, Dominic and gentlemen. And a very warm welcome to uh, Lord Hillsborough's thought for the beginning of the season. That's one for the fans, chaps. Um, stop chuffing, moaning, will you? We're in a bit of a state at the minute. It's probably going to get worse before it gets better. Can't be helped. It is what it is. Let's get behind the chats. All the best. Uh, mildly offended there that uh, he referred to you by uh, name and then just uh, me as as gentleman, but um, we'll we'll ignore that. We'll move on. Um, so uh, fair comments there. Fans just need to shut up and get behind the team. Yeah, 100%. And we again, we have mentioned this before, that Gary Monk's trying to create the siege mentality uh, and the us against the world, um, which I think is the right way to go. Wednesday are seriously up against it with the 12-point deficit. We know that. And there are going to be ups, there are going to be downs, there'll be twists, there'll be turns this season. And so they need the fans more than ever right now. Um, to stick with the team. And with a bit of luck, James, um, we're, we're going to see what happens in the coming days. It might be that Wednesday nights are able to return to Hillsborough for, say, the QPR match, the, the fourth match of the season. It, uh, that's all going to depend on the government 
guidelines and um, you know what they change with the restrictions and everything. But uh, I think the I think Wednesday will be soon enough putting something out about the sort of measures that they're going to be trying to you know put in place for when fans are allowed back um, and. Hillsborough, the home form, that's going to be humongous for Wednesday this season. They've won once this year. That's got to change at Hillsborough. They have to improve at home. That's where you're going to pick up the majority of your points. And I feel the last eight, nine months, we've gone back to the Stuart Gray days of where the team struggled for goals and struggled to get points at home. And that has got to change and that's going to have to turn if Gary Monk is going to silence his critics and I think win over the majority of the fan base, which is what he's got to do. Yeah, can't disagree with anything that you say there. I think um, it's... It's weird, isn't it? The next the next two or three games are really critical. I think if if Wednesday get off to a promising start to the season, similar to how we saw last season, I think we will sort of feel a little bit like, oh, actually, maybe this could be all right. Maybe it could be fine. I think if we get off to a bad start, then the opposite is true. And then I, I've kind of got this fear about it being a, a sort of indifferent start to the season because I kind of feel like the two games that Wednesday have played, like the Leicester game, the Walsall game, I've come away being quite indifferent about them. Like I've not thought, oh, we're, we're absolutely terrible and we're going to, you know, we're going to go down with the lowest point record ever. But I've also not thought, oh, you know what? I think we've got a real good chance. I'm just a little bit like I've I've learned nothing from from those games. So I think we 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 just need to learn what kind of season this is going to be quite early on. Otherwise, there's it, it could turn really toxic really really quickly. But I think what H says is true in terms of the fact that as fans, you know, it doesn't do any good for us to just sit around moaning about it. We're going to have to just get behind them and, and do our bit. Yeah, I, I, I think he's completely right there is Lord H for for saying that there will be some patience that's required. We know expectation levels are always high at this, this club. Um, it's the nature of the beast. Um, but um, when you have got such a huge handicap Wednesday, four wins behind everybody else before balls even being kicked. That is tough going. It, and so Wednesday, I've got to be aiming. You know, the team aren't sort of talking publicly about what targets they've set and what objectives they have this season. But for me, it's all about you get to 62 points as fast as you possibly can. And then anything after that is a bonus. Yep, totally agree. Totally agree. Um, are, are you um, are you feeling excited about it, or what? What's your feeling? I think the best way to sum it up, James, and I think a lot of Wednesday fans would um, be in the same camp as me. If where I'm nervously optimistic, um, that could all change very quickly um, over the first three or four matches if Wednesday don't get results, but. Uh, I still think, and when I look at the starting eleven, when everybody's fit, I think it's a competitive starting eleven. For me, what has to improve and change over the coming weeks, a month or so, is that it, it needs more strength and depth, doesn't it? That's that's going to yeah. be the key 
that's that's what's critical and that's what has to happen. But um, ahead of Cardiff, you, you see, you look at their team and they've signed um, Kiefer Moore. They've spent a couple of million on this summer. He, he was a good striker at this level, scored some goals internationally, done well for Wales recently. He's a handful. Big positive for Wednesday, if Lee Tomlin um, is not available, he, um, he, he's not trained very much, it sounds you know, doubtful. We all know what he can do and he played well in both games against Wednesday last season. A bit of a scourge for them. But yeah, they've got Josh Murphy, Junior Hoyler, you know, they, they've got some very good attacking players at Cardiff. So this is where defensively, Wednesday have kept the two shutouts against Leicester and Walsall, but the, this, the real stuff, it begins on Saturday and this will be the first stern test of I think it's clear isn't it that Gary Monk is going back to sort of the basics and organisation and he wants to make Wednesday hard to beat well they're going to get some questions thrown at them from a defensive point of view aren't they on Saturday and it's how they handle them yeah absolutely um, and yeah it's going to be interesting I think I've, I've kind of feel I think I would say I'm I'm just interested I wouldn't say that I'm particularly optimistic or downbeat I'm just interested in you know kind of seeing whether you know what what Gary Monk has done over the summer is going to work or not so um I guess ultimately roll on Saturday and let's see what happens. Um, quick mention here. Uh, if you listened last week, you will know this. We had Jamie on last week that told us about it. So Wednesday bet free to play this weekend. So if you've not downloaded it, you've got nothing to lose. There's a thousand pounds up for grabs um, and absolutely free to take part. So uh, it's well worth having a go at that. Uh, right then, you can catch Dom at Dom Housen. I'm at James Marriott. You can contact the show at Dom and James. Thank you to our gold partners, Taito Law, who you can find at titolaw.co.uk. And just mention them, Wednesday Bet, available to download on your smartphone right now. Thank you for joining us. If you like Singing the Blues, please rate and review the show in your podcast app. Up the owls and see you next week. 